And so were you were you in a band from from all? Yeah, well, in, in yeah, 96 and 97, I was in some pretty bad metal bands. Yeah, give us some of the names, man. I need... Oh, bro. I was... <laughs> Actually, there's, no. there's one, I, I, I dare not repeat, mate. There was one that was pretty... We can be the... Pretty questionable. I'll tell you, is we were called... <laughs> That's hard. So, yeah, please beat that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the band, The best thing is, though, we, we, we did a gig with someone and they're like, oh, what's your band's name? And I told them, she goes, Tornado Flesh. That's great. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, I'm just not even going to correct I'm not that no, no, It's not a discussion. I wanted to. <laughs> We're recording. We're recording. We're live. We're live. Ah, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, it's a, keep all this in. It's cool. That's all. That's all. That's all. Cactus Jack mask. <laughs> Boy, it's easy today. Yeah, stay away from me, Mister COVID. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all about you know health and safety regulations. That's definitely why I'm doing it. I'm definitely doing it. COVID. So. That's that's a hundred percent why I'm doing it because of COVID. Nah, look, I I fell over, I cracked my I cracked my front tooth. Actually, Liam punched me in the mouth and knocked out my front tooth. And there you go, that's better. Yeah, Liam punched me in the mouth, and knocked out my front tooth. And now, um, until I get it fixed, I'm doing podcasts with a mask. That's um, muffled, but that's really muffled. It's all right. Bit of a noise gang. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, fucking hell, what's new, gang? What's up, boys? Yeah, I missed you, man. I missed y'all. I missed y'all for a week. Didn't record last week. Yeah, Easter. Easter. Yeah. Yeah. How was everybody? Yeah. How was yeah, it was good. Everyone good after you? Oh, just kicked back, bro. I did nothing. Chilled at home. Oh, yeah. When you get up to just remembering our Lord and Savior, bro. Amen. A hundred percent. Man, fuck. So, man, I'm just trying to think what's happened since we we can touch on, bro. Like, chilling and got robbed. I don't know if you see hey, that. Got robbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For real? Oh, everyone's getting robbed lately. Six nights. Uh, yeah, six, but six hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Six no, nights. Currently, sir. No, real talk, real talk. I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but real talk. I saw that. He fucking... Uh, he had his rollie stolen from him. He had his fucking... Oh, yeah, watches. Bro. Chill, it seems like such a nice guy too, bro. Yeah. She's got eyes on him, you know? Yeah, man, for real, for real. But, um, yeah, bro, that's fucking... Shit. go. In a rapid is one of the most dangerous... <laughs> bro, that's so true now. Yeah, man. for real. Scary. Like, yeah, especially in America, man. There's be like, there's rappers I haven't even heard of, and I just see they're like, died. Getting long, man. It's yeah, crazy, it's, man. Yeah, it's, it's not as bad out here, but yeah, it's really. Being a rapper is a crazy profession these days, bro. Yeah, it's it's because there's so much fucking phones, and it's always filming and shit's just everyone always an ulterior motive behind everything. You know what I mean, man? Social media ramps shit up. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's sad. It's really sad to see, but um. What else? What else is going on, bro? Random shit, man. Yeah, I think I think it's time that we bring our fucking guest on, man, because we got a special one today, and um, I want to have as much time to to conversate with this dude as we can, man, because there's so much that we can get out of him, so much we can learn today, bro. This guy has been here for a long time. Um, I do our intro that we do before for every guest. Hold on, bear with me, y'all. Had this, Brendan. All right. That's the wrong note. Almost introduced you as Ray Pal, but let's do this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is one of Australia's most profound and talented touring DJs and sound engineers. Entering the hip hop scene back in 2006, he has a tidal wave of shows under his belt with the likes of Ice Cube, Obi Trice, Method Man, Tech Nine, Exhibit, Mad Child, Wombat, Bliss and Hesso. I could keep going. He's a pioneer in the scene and a mentor and rap dad to plenty. He also holds the award for the 2021 Best Gooch Reveal. True story. True story, true story. You need to tell us about that and more. It's Deno. Yo! Let's go, let's go. Welcome to the podcast, bro. Welcome to the culture. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, Donny, I like how you started that when the guests come in. Welcome to the culture, my bro. <laughs> thank you to the culture. Yes, sir, yes, sir. man, how are you, brother? I'm good, I'm good. Nice, bro. Thank you so much for coming. It's an honor to have you on. Thanks for having me. And congrats on the podcast, too. Thank you. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you. It's, it felt, it definitely felt right to have you on, bro, because... From the start of all these boys, and I've been ranting about it since we knew we were going to have you on. But from the start of like when I first started as an artist, you were essentially, you and Sir, bro, were my intro to, into the scene. You know what I mean? Very much so. My first proper recordings were with you. 
my first proper show with the scene before the Bush release show. No, that's right. You know, and stuff, bro. Like it's craziness to have felt right that we brought you into this side of the journey as well and really got deep, deep in person with you, man. Cause I know that, um, you've done so much, bro, but there's not a lot of clips of you talking about how much you've done. You know what I mean? Anyone who gets the honor of stepping foot in your studio and working with you gets to hear the sick stories of the shit that you have done and stuff, bro. But I, man, the, there's so much stories. I don't know. People will be able to, to know and, and learn from. There's you know a lot. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. hundred percent, bro. hundred percent. So I want to, I want to start it all the way, all the way from the beginning, if that's cool with you. Yeah, bro. sure. So where, where did you grow up, bro? I actually grew up, oddly enough, on a flower farm up in Queensland, mate. Um, grew up carnations. Yo, I actually, I actually used to live on a flower farm as well. Oh, in South Australia. Yeah. Did you grow? Uh, we used to grow carnations. Fucking roses. Yeah. Same type of thing, man. I thought it was fucking special. Did you have the, did you have those <laughs> big Jedi stick tents? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. That's funny, ass. <laughs> we met before with the first time. I worked on the same farm together in a shit, bro. 100% yeah so you, th and that was up in Queensland did you yeah, say up, up just kind of near the big pineapple and and how old were you how old were you back then uh I was up there until I was like nine or so oh wow so young so young young and was that with yeah. was that with family bro or yeah yeah so up, up there with um with my parents so I was, I was actually adopted at birth and oh okay was um collected picked up whatever the word is adopted dropped my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the stork dropped me at yeah. someone else's house and it just happened to be that one where they're growing flowers and shit so yeah yep 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 and I had this massive change in lifestyle from we sort of moved from there down to um lived on the corner of chapel and turak for like about six months when i was sort of first moved to melbourne yeah and then yeah spent time out in eastern suburbs from there and what brought you guys um out to melbourne from oh that's why yeah, that's oh, work. Yep, yep. He was in agriculture, and he actually started looking after the hops and barley for Carlton United Breweries. Ah, uh, right. So yeah, came down here for that, and yeah, cool. And what was the um, what was the family life like, man? Growing up and stuff. Ah, oh, look, it was well, my parents were pretty harsh taskmasters, masters, I guess. Um, but you know, it pushed me in the right direction. I copped a few of my time, but I probably deserved everything. <laughs> And these and these are uh, your adoptive parents, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you want to go go into that a little bit, man? Did you have have you uh, met your or biological family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny you say that, bro, because it, it took me forty years. It actually, took me till the birth of my first son to think, fuck, I really need to figure out what's going on in my bloodline and and shit like that. And um, yeah, met my my birth parents, biological parents, probably three years ago. Oh, wow. So very recent. Four years ago. When, uh, yeah. So my son's five now. So it was just after he was born. So yeah, four or five years ago. Wow. wow. And how, how was that for you, man? Because I'm sure like, obviously you've lived a, a whole life and then you go and meet your... Oh, well, it was really weird, dude, because I kind of put it out on one of them. Like, okay, I was born in a really small town in Gainer in, in sort of sort of central Queensland. It's not a really big joint. So I put a post up on like a, a community page in Gainer and just sort of said, listen... Respectfully, this is where I'm from. I don't want to intrude on anyone, but just in case anyone knows of anything, can you let us know? Yeah. Thinking I'll just throw the bait out there. See what I have to see. Yeah, a couple of months later, I might get some info, but the next morning I had my fucking biological father was in my inbox going, wow, I think I'm your dad. Wow. Like, Man, that's crazy. And the, thing, the weird thing was, I'm like, do I need to get like a DNA test? He goes, bro, there's like 2,000 people in this town. Like there's three kids born a year. Yeah. So that date, that was you. Wow. So did you already know him? Like, because he was such a small community. No. So I went, when I was born, they basically, bro, the 70s was hectic. Like, my birth mother never even laid eyes on me, picked me up, chucked me in the back of an ambulance and drove me to an unknown location. So they couldn't follow me or nothing like that. Um, wow. And yeah, I was dropped off in a, a place called Bundaberg in Queensland, lived there in, in the okay. hospital for a bit. Yep, yep. So they, they dropped me off there and it was... It's funny, like, having spoken to my biological dad now, he reckons every time he went to Bundaberg, he's, like, looking at people my age going, could that be him, that bloke, which together like me. And well, yeah. the day, by that by that time, I was, you know, 100Ks from there. And of course, yeah. And down to Melbourne, so. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how deep you actually want to go into it, but did you ever speak to him on, on if he ever did the same thing you did when looking, as you went looking for him? Did you know if he ever? So, I, actually, oddly enough, man, I had, a, I had a, like, a legal bar against him trying to find me. Oh, okay. I didn't want to deal with that. It wasn't yep. on my terms or not at all. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, turns out he'd actually looked for me long yeah. and hard. Legally. But legally, find yeah, couldn't find me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, of course, the, my birth parents worked together. They were 16 when I was born, so. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, one thing led to another. He managed to get in contact with her. She was like real sketchy on even speaking, just scared, hadn't told a single person. Oh, wow. Like her own kids didn't even know that she'd had a, a child. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. Whereas he told everyone it was like completely the opposite way of going about things. And yeah, long story short, they've now met together after 40 years and they're now back together. After 40 years? After 40 years. Wow. Yeah, which is wow. weird. It, it's actually a bit weird, man, because I feel like I've created a bit of tension in their family units as well because I kind of popped my head up out of nowhere. I've got like five or six half-brothers and sisters, sort of met one of them. I feel like others kind of think I'm a bit of a home wrecker or some shit. So I feel like oh. you have every right to know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the it's, it's especially especially the reasoning. Like you waited so long, and then the reason you had to actually go and do it after so long is like more than fair enough. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Especially after just having like your own son, which would be the only biological blood that you yeah. ever met. Yeah, absolutely. Point, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, that, that's bigger than yourself, sort of. Yeah, yeah, huge, bro, huge. Wow, that's that's massive. And it actually it makes me think, like, had I not done that, would I have ever pursued this? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'd be grave with a lot of questions if I didn't. So I'm I'm kind of happy that I did. But... That that's actually that's interesting. That's a, a good um a good transition to take it to, man. So you said that after so after you were up in Queensland, you'd come down and were living in the in uh where did you say? I was it? I actually ended up at uh, at East at East. Box Hill direction. And and how long were you out there for? All throughout the late part of primary school and secondary school. Six, six, six. So when did that, when did that uh, passion for music come to play? When you actually realised you, yeah, this is something that you want to pursue. And did it start with, was it always uh, hip hop as well, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. No, funnily enough, man, I actually was not into music at all as a kid. Like not into playing music, listening to heaps of it. Um, finished school, was was an athlete all through school, and then just realised how much training sucked. And it was sort of, my, all my mates were in bands and I'd go and hang out with them and like training for a band or rehearsing with a band was so much more fun than I'd ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Training for sports. So I'm like, fuck this. And last day of uh, year 12, I bought a guitar and... Fucking oath, the rest was history. Yeah, that was 1995, sometime in November. And so were you, were you in a band from, from all... Yeah, well, in, in yeah, 96 and 97, I was in some pretty bad metal bands. Yeah, give us some of the names, man. I need oh, bro. I was, <laughs> actually, there's, no. there's one I, I, I dare not repeat, mate. There was one that was pretty... We can be the... Pretty questionable. I'll tell you, is we were called Torn Anal Flesh. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, please beat that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the band, The best thing is, though, we, we, we did a gig with someone, and they're like, oh, what's your band's name? And I told them, she goes, Tornado Flesh, that's great. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, I'm just not even going to correct I'm not that right. No, it's, it's not a discussion. I wanted to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Imagine seeing that on a flyer. Is it here? Old Metal was about that, mate. It's like... The more grotesque you can be in metal, there. It's really how it was. It's really how it was back then, wasn't it? Like, I listen to like Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that, mate. It's hectic. Yeah, <laughs> like it's some hectic, hectic stuff. It's I half the time, man. I'll be honest. I can't even read half the band names anyway. I think that's why it's like it's so bloody disgusting. It's like it's right at this. For real, for real, literally. And did you? Did any of those um, bands or anything do anything? Anything big, man? Did you go anywhere with that? Or I uh, we had a lot of fun, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a lot of fun. I was just kind of like, you know, punk rock metal sort of crossover stuff and end up doing a, like a bit of acoustic sort of comedy stuff on the side. Yeah. Just to dress up as Mexicans. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Sing about tacos and shit. And in hindsight, I don't reckon that'd float. Gee, that would not hold any really. <laughs> when, you know, when I, got, I sort of got to my 30s, like, was I racist? <laughs> is, that, is that okay? I remember it cancelled overnight. Yeah. Yeah. But back in those days, man, no one gave a shit. Like, exactly. that's just, said, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's hilarious. You oh, yeah, Mexico game now. Yeah. That's like another thing that falls under the, the social media shit as well. Is if once you give it to a wider audience, the wider audience then gets a, a, a wider opinion as well. I had this exact discussion with someone last night in the studio yeah. about a, a questionable lyric they had. I'm like, do we need to disarm this now, like <laughs> by virtue of what we're recording, or are you just going to put it out there and let it grow? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a different world these days, man. Yeah, it is, man. It is. And it's important to be accordingly as well because, um, I guess it's people's people's feelings are just taken into account a lot more than they were as well, which sometimes in a lot of cases is taken to a lot of extremes, I guess. But um, yeah, as you said, different time, much different time, man. But yeah, so you uh, you were in the metal bands for you said six. six ah, look, yeah, five or six years. I was messing around playing guitar in in various things and. Um, always was listening to hip hop the whole way through it. Yeah. So was that, that's, that's actually leads me to my next question. Was it always 
uh, what's it called? Was it always hip hop growing up on the, the music you were growing up on at home? Yeah, it was, it was all metal and hip hop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was always bound to be one of the two. Yeah, that you were going to get. I'd been like being in the nineties. Like it was a pretty good era of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was some, some amazing metal bands coming out in the nineties. That's yeah. That's actually extremely interesting too. Like having both those genres together. Like uh, both both genres very big time for them as well, obviously. Yeah, and, and being indulged in both of them, it's yeah, it's kind of very interesting, man. So when when did that turn into the the hip hop side of things, bro? I'll never forget it. I, I told my mates I was going to buy some turntables because we actually in, in one of our bands we had a was in the Mexican band. We had DJ Burrito was with us, and um, he had some turntables. He wasn't ever nearly a DJ. Yeah, yeah, cancel him now. Um, he had some turntables. We were just messing around with them and stuff. And at the time, I was at uni, and we had some like some turntables set up at uni too. So I kind of messed around with them and thought, "Hey, this is kind of fun." And told me mates, "Told me I'm going to go out and buy some turntables." And a few of them are just like, "Dude, don't do that, man! Like you're going to regret it like yep. next week. You're going to play with them for a week and a half, and you'll never touch them again." And, yep. Um. Yeah, here we are, nearly twenty years later. Yeah, um, bro, that's crazy. Still, still doing me thing. It's it's funny too because, and this is a little bit off off topic. I will I will um play back, but. I remember my first ever session with you, man. Uh, one of the, tra- I'm pretty sure it was a track called Revive I recorded with you. And it was the first ever, I'd been in like small dingy studios before and stuff, but never with a engineer who knew what they were doing. Yeah. And we finished recording the track and stuff as you usually do in a normal studio process. But then you jumped on the, on the decks and you started adding scratches into it. That was the first time I was ever introduced to that kind of yeah, thing as well. You know what I mean? So when, um, when you had all these people around you back then telling you like, no, that's not the move. You're going to regret it. You're going to be bored of it a week later. Once you sort of, uh, kind of where I'm going with that. Once you, once you actually went and did it, what was, what was the feeling like, man? Did you, did you know then? Okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next twenty years. When you, when you open those decks and you started. Yeah, I, I guess the first point is I don't, I don't. No, there's no ill feelings towards those people who said that they were. No, they wanted me to protect my investment. Fucking thanks. Yeah. I appreciate someone actually drawing me attention to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I just kind of got straight into it and started trying to network with with different rappers and sort of met um a couple of dudes back like early 2006 or something like that and that was uh dragzilla and fritz um which went up being home brand which we did a bunch of shit with so uh, home brand what was that it was just a three-man crew oh, so yeah. the three of us um once i actually had some mcs on board and the, for me that was just that was where i wanted to be i never wanted to be that dude at clubs spinning like tracks and shit yeah I always just wanted to work with rappers because I grew up like Cypress Hill, shit like that, where it's like it's a crew and it was like the DJ in the middle. It was like it's yeah. a crew and it's like that dude is a part of that crew. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I feel like these days it, it doesn't quite quite operate like that anymore. Like a lot of people running gigs without DJs and stuff. And then, who were your biggest influence growing up? Like is mm. Cypress Hill and everything. Oh, mate, isn't who you like? Oh, Cypress De La Soul was probably. One of the ones that got me hugely into it. Um, slug from Atmosphere, uh, House of Pain. I got all these tattooed on my arm somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Naughty by Nature, Tretch. I know Wu Tang's a big one for you. Wu Tang, yeah. Like basically, Wu Tang for me just epitomizes what 90s hip hop was. Yep, 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 yep. Um, it's, I wouldn't call them my favorite artists of the 90s, but it's such a diverse. Group. Yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people like Method Man have been hugely influential in. In that side of things, for the for the rap side of things, but I guess in a production sense, um, dudes like DJ Crush and DJ Shadow and people like that have been massive. But you know that these days a lot of my worlds have crossed over. I'm sort of making rock influenced hip hop and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. I was going to ask about that, like, because seems like hip hop and metal is like your two like big genres. Have you ever worked with like an artist that's making that kind of amalgamation with this? Yeah. Kind of- yeah, look, we actually just released an album with Luke Vex, um, doing... Yeah, shout out Vexy. Yeah, shout out Luke. Yep. Um, one of my long-time mates and closest collaborators. Uh, so he did a full album with him. I'd kind of been hanging on to these beats for years and not really finding the right people to, to do it with. And Vex popped up and a few collabs with, like, Jack Vall on that release as well. And, yeah, got got to that situation. It's actually really interesting how many scratch DJs are one-time metalheads. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Relic, um, you know, one of... Australia's best scratch DJ, yeah, 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 metalhead yeah. as well, uh, liquid metalhead. Um, I don't know what it is with, you know, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. it almost crosses over so well. You know, I think there is that crossover. You get the fans that kind of like those two genres. Yeah, 
Like it's kind of the extremities of music. Like there's no fluffing about. You're exactly metal and you listen to hip hop. Like there's some real shit going. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, you've you've got some stuff going on at home for sure, brother. Yeah. <laughs> going on, on. Yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, bro, I want to talk on that that album with Bexy more. That yeah. that club album because bro, that was sick. By the way, ten, thank you. On camera rating, ten out of ten. My favorite joint off that album is Ego Trip. Yeah, that, that, that hook is sick. I love that hook, bro. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. How did that come to fruition? Because I know you've been working on that for years, bro. Like a good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but two, two, three, maybe. Yeah, probably about three years. Yeah, I was witnessing you work through that and, and what. There's beats on that that are 10 years old, though. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stuff that I'd, I'd sort of worked on. Look, me and, me and Vex worked together back in the day. Like, he was on the home brand mixtapes in, okay, yeah. in 2007. And he was actually on Buck City releases, another artist I worked a lot with. Well, I, I want to get into Buck as well. So, yeah, we had like, Vex was just one of those dudes that kept popping up on every release that we were doing <laughs> as a feature. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude's still hanging around. He's still doing his thing. And the shout out Vex, bro. Such a great dude. Such a great artist as well. Lovely dude. Yeah, uh, Jer, really like super talented. Got a really good control of his voice. It's, it's really um, apparent that he grew up on that um, that that punk's up. Yeah. Well, man, you just the um the, the different cadences and shit that he puts in. Yeah, he just slips into natural melodies and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Man, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say now we've got a, me and Vex have a punk rock joint coming together, and when when he's Sent the vo the vocals through that, and I listened to that. Even the the cadences, it, it was a modern punk rock sort of beat. Yeah. And even that he was putting the old school punk rock cadences on it. And I would just message him, send him huge props for it anyway. But it's just yeah, it's a great track, man. Yeah, you're not you're not you're just not seeing that sound that much more anymore. You know what I mean? So it's it's cool that people are still like sticking true to it and not trying to. You're, you're seeing it still, but you're, it's being more with the pop as well and and the machine and Kelly side of things, which I'm all for. You know what I mean? But it's it's just there's something about still having that. Those cadences and, and those certain uh, harmonies and stuff that. You just I guess this, this is for me. This is the beauty of hip hop, man. I think this is why I ended up doing what I do is because I never understood anyone goes, I don't like hip hop yeah. because it's taking elements out of just about every other genre and, and putting it over a beat. Yeah. So I don't understand anyone. Anyone who doesn't like hip hop, as far as I'm concerned, just hasn't had the right hip hop for them. Yeah. 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 Uh, Actually, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And for, you know, for me to be able to put heavy guitars over a beat or put some jazz shit over it mate, or you know whatever the fuck it is you, the more obscure these days the better like you know you get these all oriental instruments and stuff like that and they're making bangers with a man and, yeah man yeah it's it's like you yeah. know like the the amount of like diversity in hip-hop these days as well like you can't really say oh i don't like hip-hop it's a little bit it's it's a little bit strange to just yeah. say to just like completely completely brush it all with one brush yeah because you've got like so much more than one brush. Yeah, you've got like hip hop, which has like guitars and it's like almost like Zillikami, like that kind of punk energy. Yeah. Also got other more melodic stuff. Like there's so much different types now. Like it all depends on what you're into. But I think you hit the nail on the head with like but yeah, everything being tarnished with one brush. Yeah, you know, that's, there is the stigma behind hip hop and there is, you know, that, that hip hop is a violent art form and yeah. you know, degrading towards women and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to say that there are many elements of hip hop that are that. Um, but I think that has closed a lot of doors to potential listeners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. But I think, I think that was a lot in the, you know, the, I don't want to say in WA days back. Yeah. I was going to say olden times days, but it's really not. Oh, I bet it's really, really not. But back in the 90s. <laughs> but, but no, yeah, back in like the, the NWA days and the D12 days and, and whatnot, like, like bizarre, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like, and, and, and shouts out to Bizarre, do you know what I mean? But certain artists like that. They're ruthless, bro. Yeah, yeah. And I just said, close the doors for certain listeners. You know what I mean? Because then they, they as Donnie said, straight keep up with that same paintbrush in it because they think it's all like that. But bro, there's, there's literally gospel rap, man. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's something for everyone in, in the genre, you know? But, right, but Groups like the Two Live Crew and the Ghetto Boys and stuff like that were doing some like hectic shit, like really confronting stuff. And I remember like being young, and listening to that for the first time in NWA, and this band kind of like, wow, yeah, it's actually a thing. Yeah, it, it's it's taken me to like to this point in my life where I, I kind of reflect on that shit and I go, why 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 does hip hop get demonized for that when Stephen King can go out and write a bunch of books about some gory shit? Yeah, and he is revered as being one of the best authors ever. That's a very and there's I don't know how many films out there that are just fucking disgusting as well, and the, you know they're winning awards and stuff like that. But there's some sort of notion that if you do it in hip hop, that that's got to be you. That's yeah. You must do that. Yeah. If you rap about, if that. you're writing that yourself, then that's. But these people wrote the scripts for those movies. These people wrote those books. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what's what's, what's going going out, You know what I mean? Stephen King going out with two twin girls in hotels and murdering them. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it. I hundred percent what you're saying. 
it's like um it's like the you know what i just lost my train of thought bro <laughs> it's I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up for you man because I, I feel like you know there, there's this element in hip-hop about keeping it real and you know being true to yourself and, and shit like that and I, like that is hugely valuable and i think it's hugely valuable to someone's well-being the ability to express etc cetera, etc cetera. but i don't think that precludes people from being able to adopt a role as a rapper mm. like eminem does yeah you know, yeah and like the exactly. Goat boys did, it's like, like ice cube does it's like playing a character you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. you've got you were mentioning all these other art forms you know like stephen king stuff like that like these are all art forms that people accept okay they're artists we're going to give them the the leeway to, yeah. you know, we understand that they're expressing some ideas, but then they look at hip hop and they don't want to call them artists. You know what I mean? They don't want to view that as the same thing. It's exactly the same thing, man. They're telling that story. Oh, because you put a little, little bit of cuss words in it or this, that it's where, well, you know, the, like these rappers are not artists. Do you know what I mean? There's got to be a point as well though. Like, cause yeah, you, you know, you're going to be a, like some sort of an actor for, you know, you want to say all that stuff, but you don't want to say like, you can be a storyteller and say certain things and like get get a message out there but at the same time like all these like fake drillers at the moment you know okay, i'll do this i'll do that mm. you're not gonna do that bro shut up <laughs> yeah. you know, like, absolutely like there's like people like you know like kendrick lamar for instance he's one of the best storyteller rappers you know mm -hmm. like, but i'm sure a lot of the stuff he goes through is, is all real and everything but there might be stuff that's tweaked and stuff for the audience to, to get you in you know yeah well i mean the difference between the two i mean it's all it's mo not all of it because there's a lot of people out there that are, do are doing what they're rapping about, man. But not a not a lot. There are a few real ones. I'll take that back. But the forgot my fucking train of thought because of all the whispering going. Right, sorry, guys. What what was the what was the like Kendrick being like? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, because it's it's there's a certain aspect of it that when money becomes involved in stuff, where it becomes entertainment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and what sure. trying to sell. So there's a certain extent to it with a lot of a lot of rappers. And a lot of artists where it's like Stephen King movies and stuff, it becomes dramatized. Do you know what I mean? And and certain things get taken out of, uh, get get blown out of proportion to make the song sound better or to make the, the storytelling a little bit more interesting. Do you know what I mean? Or you're investing in a ghostwriter to, to write, that, write your words for you. Like, shout out Drake. <laughs> I'm just going to do that shot. But, um, well, you look at you know, Ice Cube writing stuff for, for Easy E and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And then, you know, sitting there doing it line by line. Well, the irony was that Easy was a little gangster. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we had that someone else writing his, well, that's his stories for him. Like, But then, yeah, it's, it's a big difference between that and bringing someone in who is that gangster and writing about that gangster shit for you because you can't write about it because you... You don't know what it is. Do you know what I mean? So. But like, I, I guess, you know, in country music, is anyone like that dude didn't actually, his wife didn't leave him and his dog's still alive and his truck actually runs really good and it gets good gas, like mileage to the gallon. His story is not as what? sad as it's making it. Like, <laughs> actually a really happy dude underneath all this. Why, why, why don't we question, you know, hip hop just seems to be out there to be scrutinized by people. For someone to point the finger out because they want to why fucking you, keep demonizing. Why do you think it? that is though? Why do you think they want to keep demonizing? It? Like still to this day, but like man, like how long has the culture really been like mainstream? For a long time now, right? right. You know? Okay, let, 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 let's look at the other elements of, of hip hop. Let's look at graffiti. Like for a long time, it wasn't considered art. Yep. Melbourne's now in a situation where we're, we're like, come to Melbourne and look at our vibrant street culture and go down and fucking hose your lane and get a photo. <laughs> so we're going to lock your boys up yeah. for fucking drawing on the walls. Yeah. Like, still going to lock them up if we catch you. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of the same thing with, with hip hop. Like people, will acknowledge, oh, I'm sure there's some artistic merit in there somewhere, but I'm, I'm not going to accept it as being on the same level as fucking classical music or, yeah. you know, so the true. Beatles or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, well, fuck that. Well, it's like, it's like when, when even did, like speaking on that, like it being accepted on the same artistry level as the, the Beatles and stuff, do you, when... Cause I I'm too young to remember, bro. Do you do you recall when? I don't remember the Beatles, mate. No, no, no. I'm not going to say the Beatles. I'm not going to say the Beatles. But do you, do you remember when hip hop actually like became genres in the Grammys? Like hip hop awards became a genre in the Grammys. Like best. Hip -hop I, I remember Grammys. kids in year eight being like, "Yo, you got to listen to this tape." Yeah. And yeah. Giving you like some NWA shit, and you'd be like, "Don't let your mum hear it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I I remember that and taking it home and just being like, "Fucking blown away!" Like you can go to your bedroom and like. You get your little walkman out. Your bedroom, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get your little walkman out or some shit like that. It's probably worth a million bucks these days. Yeah. And yeah, you put your headphones on with a big fucking metal band over the top and you'd be like, listen to this shit. Like, fuck, did he just say that? <laughs> so I, I remember I remember it coming out as a, like, as a kid observing a subculture grow. Yeah. 
But I, I was still a kid, like, yeah, I was still yeah. 13, 20 years old, or whatever it was. I, I, like, when I, like, I went to a stage, bro, where I just did so much research on, like, old school hip-hop and stuff, and when it first was sort of becoming mainstream, there was no sort of, I could get really scrutinized here if I'm wrong, but there was no sort of, um, uh, what's it called, there was no Grammys, Grammy Awards for, like, hip-hop genres, do you know what I mean? It was all the BET Awards yeah. and, and whatnot, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's got, that's even a, a thing to say. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll accept it to some kind of art, but I'm not going to say it's on the same artistry as the Beatles. You know what I mean? It's like, it's cool to see it is somewhat, it's progressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's even at the same time, it's like, do you think there'll ever be a point where it's, it's just accepted like every other genre is like, okay, maybe everyone's not a fan of pop, but it's not scrutinized and people aren't in the streets protesting about it. Do you know what I, I, mean? I think? I think when the people look at over their glasses at any form of art, uh, of our generation, I say our generation loosely, but when they're of a generation that's grown up with that being normal, yeah, then I think we'll we'll get over it. Yeah, while there are, you know, while there are people holding the keys to what gets played on radio and and things like that, and people deciding what's what art has value and what art doesn't have value. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess we're we're fighting against that, but that's also like that's what hip hop is. You know, it, it is that you know the fight against the struggle and the blah 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 blah, blah. and you know, again, I, I say this having said we don't have to tell our own stories, we can tell other stories, but hip-hop was, was born out of that. Yeah. Right. Hip-hop was supposed to be, you know, the the, the, the word of the, the streets and shit like that. Well, Andrew, that's that's even what, the you know, you say when you, you know, you, you get handed a tape by your friend at school, it's NWA, you know what I mean? You put, in, you put it on your headphones and you're listening to it. It's like that's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's their story. It's like you're, you're at the time you're kind of sitting there, I can't believe you just said that. Yeah. But to them, it's like, it's, it's normal because that's what, that's just what it was. They, yeah. they're just, they're just telling you what, you know what I mean? So I think, I think that's a massive shock to people too, because it, it's kind of like when you're kind of confined to that, especially a country as safe as Australia compared to America, you know, yeah. with the gun laws and everything, when you're confined to that and then you hear that so raw, you're like, holy shit, you know what I mean, bro? So that's even a, it's, that's even something that not a lot of genres are doing for other people either, yeah. man, because you can't say everything you'd want to say in, in a pop record. You know what I mean? Imagine I went on an Ariana Grande type beat and talk about rolling up on the ops, bro. Like, it's just not going to work. You know what I mean? It's just not, it's just not going to work at all. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah, man. But, um, I want to, um, I want to go into, we touched on him before, bro. I've, I've, I've heard a lot of sick stories about, about you and Buck, man. Um, I've, you showed me a lot of cool tapes and stuff, bro. Um, I really want to touch on that for the audience and the listeners and, and obviously for Don and um, Liam as well, just because it's, it's such a, the shit that you guys did together, man. Like, yeah, he, he was an amazing artist and a great bloke. Um, you know, I, I will, will always speak very respectfully of, of Buck and, um, his name was Buck City, uh, I'd sort of set the scene first and explain a couple of things. Yeah, sure. Right into it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Worked with him around the 2007, 2008 mark. Same time as working with Homebrand. And it's got a a, a random mate goes, I know this bloke is a rapper and he needs a DJ. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Let's have a chat. And I get this call from this bloke and it turns out he's an African-American dude who's out in Australia. Um, He lived in Australia and he was fucking amazing. Like the most talented dude that I've worked with. He had the sound, he had everything, had... He just looked the part. Everything about him was hugely marketable. And, you know, we, we started doing things. And the first show I did with him, we we won the Nokia Be Heard competition, which was just like a Nokia running a competition. Yet they gave you, like, one of the first camera phones. Like, day one. Yeah, and that was, Nokia would have been the Apple phone, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it was huge. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you can document all your, your process with this camera phone. And I was like, what a camera phone. Yeah. <laughs> all right, there's a camera phone. Take it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we, with him, we went on and we did a few tours and we won Best Urban Artist at, um, Music Oz Awards a couple of years. Right. I think we started on what urban fucking means, but yeah, we won it. Um, and you know, that, it, it was a, a wild ride and a, a wild time. And that was really when I got my teeth into like the touring side of things. And yeah. he's the one we did the Ice Cube shows with. Oh, um, yeah. You know, there, there, there are a lot of stories I could, could tell about Bucker. Now, number, number of them that you've heard. I guess um, he doesn't rap anymore and he's moved on to a life that I'm sure he's finding more fulfilling yeah. and um, better for for him. Um, we all know things can get pretty loose in, in hip-hop and mm. occasionally people will make the, the decision to step away 
for their own well-being and, and, and to look for a future that maybe has a bit more positivity in it. Um, sure. and, and he did that. So I won't go too deep into the stories cause I, if he's just give, give, us, give us your fight. If you don't want to speak on, on his, his situation too much, just give us your funniest one. I know, oh, there's, no. I know there's one, I'll cut, I'll cut this out if, if we can't speak it, but I know there was one where the story you told me about you, you broke into a certain someone's dressing room. We're still in. Oh, we'd, st- we'd break into anyone's dressing room. <laughs> it didn't matter who. <laughs> no, that's not even that. I, I, mate, that's the lapis today. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not yeah, even a taxi story. That's just a Deno story. It was like, it was outlaws. Or, or... Oh, yeah. No, yeah. This, oh, yeah. This is fine. We, we just took all the outlaws, Alizé, and just walked around the club. Just him, he had like an Alizé in every pocket, man. <laughs> like eight bottles of Alizé. We were like guests of, of the record label with at that time, got us on the door for all these sorts of gigs. So like when the style Lloyd Banks is alcohol, stole the outlaws alcohol. <laughs> done done all sorts of shit like that. Yeah, that that was all just fun and game. Yeah, yeah. We'd end up with a couple of shows we did have like this violinist touring with us and we'd just get him drunk and then get him to go and steal it for <laughs> So we kinda like it. It was just like, you know, raising the the youngins to yeah. know what happens backstage and just go to find the biggest artist room. Just take something from it. Yeah, come back a man. <laughs> yeah. Come back a man. Come Especially back. if you've got a violin case, like that's just too easy, bro. Yeah, I've got to yeah. go in with pockets everywhere. Go. You're just a vo- you're a violinist. No yeah. one's thinking the violinist is stealing shit. Bro, he definitely <laughs> had something to prove. I reckon. Yeah. He, oh, he, he was like, "Cause my time to shine." <laughs> I'm in there, and he's come out with like seven or eight. And, mate, 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 getting like extra beers backstage—that's a fucking skill. Yeah, yeah, that is a yeah. skill. Like, you just got to find the right dude and be like, "Oh, there's got to be something wrong here, man." There's only ten beers, and because if you get there too late, too, they're all gone. There's nothing nothing's yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. Because I got them all. Like, that's yeah. I know how this works, mate. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, bro. I remember, I remember, like, I've been to, I've been to like ten gigs in a row where you get there, get there too late, and all the good shit's gone, and yeah. you have the craft beer left in the fucking <laughs> in the fridge, bro. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, man, I wanna. So what's happening? What's happening these days with the touring, bro? You still, I know you're still touring and stuff. Yeah, look, I've, I've sort of eased up a little on on local shows. I, I for like ten years, it was just like every week doing a local show somewhere, and you know, I end up being that dude. That's I, I couldn't tell you how many rappers I've DJed for, man. It would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, just because you're DJ in the night, you'll DJ for this dude, and you'll DJ for that dude, and so there's, there's been hundreds, if not thousands, of rappers every time. Um, these days I'm working a lot with YG Marta, yeah. um, up, upcoming dude, uh, super talented young fella. It's new school shit, but he's yeah, just embraced scratching. Let's touch on that, bro. How did, how did that come to fruition? Cause I remember, I remember you showing me Marta, bro, like b- before he had any yeah. exposure, like when he, yeah, one of his first videos when he was in that garden and he's got the weird coloring. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Me when he yeah, yeah. That, doing that social media marketing and shit yeah. and stuff, bro. So how did, how did that because he went overnight, man. That was yeah, blew up. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. blew up through through that uh, track, Night Ticks. That went yeah, 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 or whatever it was. Night Ticks on for yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. So he, I used to, um, you know, people were remembered dope rappers on Facebook as being one of the worst internet toxic as fuck. Yeah. I'm still in it, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm st- I still have it ad- admin rights. Yeah. <laughs> so blame me for all that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was a really good place for me to network and and meet young artists who were developing and uh, people like Johnny P who's gone on to bigger and better things mm-hmm. as well and Young Marta and people like that. So, um, it was like a little, not, I wasn't actively scouting for people, but I'd thought I'd hear dudes and be like, fuck, that's really good, man. Like, yeah. I'll let us mix a track or two and let's see what we can do with it. Mm. And, um, yeah, he was one of those dudes and mixed a couple of his tracks and kept in contact with him. And then he did the whole night text thing and, and blew up and. He hit me up one day, he goes, I'm doing a show in Melbourne, like, you want to come through? I'm like, yeah, I'll come through. So I said, who's DJing for you? Mm. He'd forgot I was even a DJ. He just <laughs> knew me as a producer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, fuck, you want a DJ? I'm like, yeah, no worries. Hell yeah. So we got up at this show at, at Rubik's and it was fucking funny, man. I got up on stage and I just you know, scratched my ass off doing the usual thing and got off stage. I had all these, like, 20-year-old kids come up and go, oh, what are you doing up there, man? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Because it's so, yeah. It's come full circle. Like, yeah. you just don't know what turntable is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, what were you, you doing? As I said to you, man, my first session with you was the first time I ever said, and I'm like Marta's age and, and those 20 year olds' age, you know what I mean? So, and what the session with you was the first time I saw 10 tables in use and stuff, you know what I mean? To, to me, that was just bizarre because I, I keep forgetting how old I am. So, it, it's like it had come full circle, and dudes, it, it, it's like I invented this shit. Yeah. And yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. bro, I'm, I'm nothing. There's dudes out here that are fucking 10 times better than me. I'm just 
I'm the dude who works with rappers and I'm really good at doing that bit. Like, if you want to get your mind blown, go and watch some of these DMC champions yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with that being said, bro, I've seen you behind the decks, man. You know, <laughs> you know, I know. I'm, you know, I'm very humble, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yeah, but yeah, and like that's just if from there. Marta is actually like hugely into it. He's like, "Fuck, those scratches are dope, man. Let's mm. let's keep doing this." Um, so yeah, we just got off the Falls tour earlier this year, and yeah, did um, yeah, did every leg of the Falls tour, which was fucking great. Yeah, I say the footage looks sick. Though. Yeah, it was it was awesome, man. Performer, as well. yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a great performer. We kind of had um, Carter with us. Yep, 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 yep. Shout out to yeah, seen you in one of his film clips. Yeah, yeah. He, he played. We put on a show. Uh, was it last year? We put on. Yeah, last year we put on a show, and Carter came and played with us as well. As, yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, he's at City Tales. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Carter's sick. Yeah, I love Carter. Carter's a lovely dude. He, uh, he, he made me, the video you think he had me come read a music, uh, a fucking paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't even know, I didn't know you were in it. Yeah. And I'm one day looking at it, I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> yes. It's kind of, it's popping up everywhere. A lot of videos like that. Trust, trust me, bro, for real. I just made it like a point for a little bit to just Easter egg myself. Be the dude in the fucking background. <laughs> I'm actually quite the opposite. Yeah. I, I've seen you, I've seen you, Jay, and uh, what's it called? Jay, Jay and oh, yeah, the Jack. Yeah, I've seen you, Jay, in the silent deno. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually, um, because of my, my, my profession as a school teacher, I, I, I kind of try to stay out of which, as you were saying before, like you haven't heard me talk to many people about this stuff. Yeah, it's because I, I don't want to incriminate myself or not that I've done anything fucking stupid, but yeah, you know, there are some stories and stuff like it, that. It's in, but it's wild, but when you mentioned that point, which we were talking about the other night off, off camera. You were saying how it's it's a weird thing because obviously you don't want to say anything, uh, what to call to you know what I mean to mix the professions and stuff yeah. with your other profession. But it's wild when you're obviously because um to, for everyone that doesn't know at home your other profession is a, a school teacher right um and it's it's as you're saying and it it kind of hit me really as well when you said it to me the other day how you sort of that's why you keep quiet but then it's weird when these kind of students and these kids are walking in with ice cube t-shirts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're, you're working with the dude. Do you know what I mean? Kids getting kicked out of class nonstop and everyone scratch their heads going, how do we work with this kid? Yeah. And I see him rocking up every day to school with an ice cube shirt. I'm like, I know how to work. Yeah. Yeah. But you try and, but again, it's, it's, it's the, the stigma of it. And you know, I've, I've got a, I've got a family, I've got a balanced profession and, and, and hobby. hobby. Of course. Yeah. Um, and you know, we actually tried to start, open up our own school a few years back. Really? You know, back about, probably about eight years ago. Wow. True. Um, it was called Tough Breaks College. We had a whole prospectus written. Um, it was to get disengaged youth to come down and do like intervention programs with some serious mentoring. Sick, man. You don't have to be a rapper. You can come and be a part of the team that makes film clips. You can come I, uh, and be part of the promotion team, whatever. Yep. All we wanted was a place to do it. I even said, me and another mate with the studio, we said, we'd take all that stuff down there. We'll set it up. Just give us a place to do it. And it got into the hands of like the Minister of Education. Everyone's all for it. This is a great idea. But then when it comes time to open your wallet and give some money out, and uh, everything was quiet. And you look at some of the, I see the programs that get run in school and they're fucking, I respect what I'm doing, but a lot of them are just fucking rubbish. Yeah. It's all feel good, high five shit. Is that, is that, is that because of the budgets that they're being given or is it just because of, Obviously, you said respecting everybody is because they're those people are just not putting in these. They, they've got the best intentions in the world. Yeah. There's some great programs out there, but just intentions and skill set don't always match up of course yeah 100% yeah 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 definitely and me with 20 years experience teaching and my background in music I absolutely know what we can do with it yeah you all you know you know music and you know how to teach so you're obviously going to know how to teach music you know? Mate, I've, I've had like kids who are getting kicked out of class I could basically pick them a mile away I'm like that kid listens to hip hop I know he does mm. yeah, yeah. There's, there's been a few you take him aside and I just have a chat, like, hey, what are you listening to? Like, you see them with, like, their AirPods in, walk around school, like, what are you listening to? And I'll tell you something, you know, either it's some gangster shit or whatever it is, and you have a chat about them. And there's a few kids who know what I do, and there's a few kids who... Have you ever, have you ever recorded a student? Because, obviously, you... I've recorded ex-students, yeah. Yeah, oh, you ex-students, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, there'd be something in, in place that you wouldn't be able to actually... Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's it. Uh, it wouldn't be a conflict of interest for me to offer a recording session to okay. the student at all. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, with parental consent and all that sort of stuff, that I don't, I don't see that as conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah. I would take money off them for it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think we're all this school. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah. Got a vessel going over here. Just catch me in the canteen line, man. Don't to go off topic at all. 
don't let me go off topic here, but did you see that uh, teacher in, I think it was Sydney or Queensland, who was having kids punch on in her oh, bro, that's running a fight club in her, in her classroom? Yeah, bro, her three rules were no films, no yelling, and, and uh, what's called, like, no filming, no yelling, and th- uh, 30 seconds each. You get in the you get in the in the little circle, bro. But yeah, no, sorry, continue. God, yeah, bro. What I'm not sure that was a that's wifey right there, bro. That's a kind of wifey right there, for real. But um, yeah, no, I knew I shouldn't say that. I lost my train. No, it does come back to what I was saying before, though. Like, yeah, hip hop being demonized and the, the power of self expression and the, the power and the role that hip hop plays in in mental health and stuff like that. Why aren't we taking advantage of this? Yeah, and um, I. I I speak of this with, with a somber tone because I lost a mate overnight oh, who I'd been, right. you know, we, we weren't best of mates, but I'd been recording him pretty heavily and, and you know, mixed and mastering his work. And um, it's not the first time that I've lost people that I've been working with. And, you know, you you reflect back on the lyrics that they've said and the stuff that they've said. And it's, you know, hindsight's 2020 and all that sort of shit. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it raises the question, like, are, are, are people drawn to hip-hop because they need that self-expression uh if that's the fucking case why why aren't we taking advantage of this like why why aren't we going this is like don't don't tell me the poetry is in the year eight curriculum but you can't take hip-hop like a poetry where kids are like i don't want to fucking know this shit yeah like we'll give them give them a beat why can't i take hip-hop into the curriculum and be like, well, this this is your this is your word. This is your chance it's because extremely out there. I, I, I tell you what, what I'd rather do, I'd rather have that in a school, and I'd rather fucking initiate that than have a. And I've, this has happened like in the last couple of years. Have me do final mixes, masters on a deceased eighteen-year-old kids' work. Yeah, to send through to their family so they can play it at his funeral. And, yeah. and this this is like reactivity versus proactivity. We could all look back on on someone and be like, "Well, oh, hip hop was 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 a voice for that kid, and we think that he had that voice when he had a chance." Well, what the fuck is that? Like, it's well, let give him the platform earlier. Let let him know that this is a thing. Yeah, man. let him know this is a tool. It's a huge a huge thing, bro. Because even that's the whole reason why I I started making music because I wasn't a very good person at speaking my problems, so I was able to speak them through this. In yeah. this, but it would still, do you know what I mean? Back then, especially with the music I was making back then. I'd, you know, go and show people and whatnot, and that'd be my way of like, okay, this is what I'm going through. You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, we've given them the voice where they're venting their problems, but we we still need to listen. You know what I mean, bro? It's kind of like, and not to not to go, uh, go off. It's not really off topic. No, no. So you got you got Juice World. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, an amazing talent, a big inspiration to me as well. <clears throat> Unfortunately, tragically died from an overdose. You know what I mean? But every single song on his posthumous album he's talking about the fact how he knows he's going to die from an overdose soon these drugs are a problem i'm calling out for help do you know what i mean not a single person do you know and that's just that's obviously someone on a much higher level but it's like we're giving these people these voices yep. at least we need to listen you know what i mean bro and obviously I, I i did see your post this morning as well it's like you you do obviously you being the engineer of the situation as well um I've got people telling me some heavy shit sometimes, man. Yeah, of course. But it's like, do you, do you ever need to, ever, or ever feel the need to, to sort of set some sort of a, a boundary there at all to... I, I try to be... It depends on who it is, man. Like, if, if if one of my best mates comes through and, you know, does some super depressing shit, then I'm going to ask them if they're all right, you know. But I, I, I try not to, to cross boundaries with, with people. And... Yeah. You know, you what, what a fucking double-edged sword. Like, I don't want to cross boundaries with people, but also I don't want to be in this position again where I'm reflecting on someone's basket and thinking, fuck, did I not yeah. see some signs? And me being one of the older dudes in the scene, I feel like I, I play a valuable role as, as that rap dad. Rap dad. Same people call me rap dad I'm these days. And, I call you that, bro. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, there's a bunch of it right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where does that, you know, where, where, where does my kind of responsibility, I guess, come into that as well as as a mentor and that you know I, I, I try not to in intrude on people's lives and you know what sometimes man i'm not i'm not even hearing what you're saying so i'm, I'm just in that world of audio i'm mixing it i'm mastering yeah whatever i'm not actually i've kind of distanced myself from it for a number of reasons because sometimes do decide some filthy shit that i don't want to be a part of yeah. sometimes do decide some political shit that i don't believe in yeah sometimes yeah. do to tell a story that is not them so i don't want to be that dude so, you know, if, if someone comes in, it's like we say before, and does a song about them fucking going out and murdering people or doing whatever, I'm not going to be like, 
sorry, man, do I need to call the cops? Mm. Like, how, yeah, like where, where is this poetic license and artistic license coming from? And yeah. I don't want to, I, I can't cross too many boundaries. Of course, of course, because even, as you said, it's like a, a certain part of it falls under entertainment. So you're yeah. sort of saying that to someone and they're only doing it. I know, I know plenty of people who do that. I know people who use mental health as a tool to sell records. Yeah. When they have no fucking business doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's fucking repulsive. Putrid. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man. And I think it's repulsive because of people that have passed, because that sort of shit casts a shadow on people that fucking genuinely needed help. And we're using this platform and... You know, the rest of us took it with a grain of salt because, oh, we've heard that. Oh, we've heard your mental health drugs. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's like it's like, it's like it's a rite of passage in, in hip-hop. If you, you know, I've got to do a track about mental health, yeah. regardless of, of who I am, what I've been through. But, but do, you know what's, do you know what's weird, though? It's it's like it, that's a, such a, not a weird thing, but a different thing because, as you know, man, like hip-hop, like, you know what I mean? The whole mental health thing, it's, it was a stigma around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was never, like, accepted as it was today and stuff. You couldn't get on record and yeah. say how you were feeling because even just as a dude uh, in those times talking about, not even just on the mic, talking about how you were feeling in that way wasn't something. Wasn't done. Was, do you know? Yeah, do you know what I mean? It was it was, it was was stiffening that upper lip, you know what I mean, type of time. But so that even, even that, it's like, as you said, t- taking it with a grain of salt is still like a... I even had to put it properly, but it, it's disrespectful to people who actually yeah are using that platform. Yeah, and I mean, who, who, who the fuck am I to tell people what you can and can't say? Like, yeah. you go and rap about whatever the fuck you want about your struggles, my struggles, everyone's struggles are unique to them. Yours are more important than mine. You know, like that's your mindset will be mine will always be my struggles more important than yours. Yeah, like this is the the egocentric world we live in, and that's all fucking well and good. And I'm not trying to say people don't do a track about mental health unless you fucking really mean it. But it's really, really, sad. yeah, you've got to be, yeah, you better be real depressed. Yeah, we go back to fucking <laughs> in a second. But like, I don't know, man, I just, just feel like that someone's got to draw a line of sand about, you know, we're, we're young men speaking up and it is that taboo fucking nature of young, young men and not knowing how to speak up and we're out here, we get Andrew Tate on this shit, but masculinity needs to be redressed in, in any number of different ways. And hip hop's a perfect powerful platform to do that i think yeah i think hip-hop addresses the right parts of masculinity that need to be readdressed you know what i mean i think it address just about every corner and this is not to, to take away from any female artists in the scene like do your thing but let's face it it's a fucking sausage fest for, for the best part of <laughs> yeah the, of hip-hop sure yeah so why well, well, this is powerful and we we even we we want to shine a light on on female rappers as well you know what i mean? but even trying to we've, we've been having the problem of, of just finding one do you know what i mean bro like because I know, it's, it's, a, it's a sausage fest bro they're not there's not that many female rappers out there so even even trying to like uh what's it called sort of have have one on to sort of you know what i mean to listen to the to their story and stuff like that because it's not that it should be an indifferent thing anyway but because there is just a male predominant industry i'm willing to bet you'd get a completely different sort of um perspective on on what the hip-hop on hip-hop, like. which is which is what we want you yeah. know what i mean and and but yeah it's just it's just it's like how do you even change that how do you how do we bring more female rappers into the scene how do we have more female artists more female djs you know yeah. what i mean man like it's just more females in general probably listening to hip-hop and stuff sure, yeah. so that definitely helps because previously there wasn't really too much of a market for it probably yeah. even like you know like lauren hill and stuff i Obviously, they've got large female fan bases, but there's also a lot of guys listening to their stuff as well. But now you've also got like female rappers that are kind of like they're just making music for the girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that other. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. That's how hip hop's changing. It's like it's so diverse now. Yeah. Yeah, because even I actually I say that being I say how it's how do we sort of do that because it's uh what's called I'm, I'm being uh, biased to the Australian scene, but if you look over in America, it's changed it's bigger than ever. You got you know you got Ice Spice, you got Coil Ray, you got uh. Doja Cat, you know, you know, you got all, the girls are running the industry over there at the moment. Do you know what I mean? So Even in Australia, there's some great artists coming out of Australia. Yeah, man, we got we got Kobe Spice. Yeah, you but know. My, but my point is being is from the actual main people that you know that are getting the main publicity and stuff like that. It is more predominant by males still. Do you know what I mean? And that's how yeah. that's how it is over here. Come, come to a gig at the you know, laundry bar on a on a Friday night, and it's it's going to be predominantly males in the audience. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Just, that's just the way it is. That's no no. Sly on the Lordy Bar at all, like they were all fucking great through there, but that's, that, that's, yeah, that, that's hip hop. Yeah. And I remember like going from 
like an, an MC DJ scenario to working with like a hip hop band and just doing improv nights. And I'm, I was kind of blown away. Like I got out there and it's like, there's chicks dancing. Like actually yeah. there are women dancing <laughs> in the crowd. Like what the fuck is this? And this is after like, you know, 10 years of, I would have had 400 gigs in the last 10 years where I didn't see any women dancing in the crowd. And all of a sudden you take one tiny step, you're still in the, in the boundaries of hip hop. You take one tiny step away from it and there's like all these women that, that want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? And I don't know, I, 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 maybe you're right. Maybe we are shaking that, that kind of male machismo stigma yeah. behind it all. I'm about it, bro. It's, yeah, about it. it's yeah. been a sausage fest too long. I need to read some shorties off here. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%, 100%. Could, yeah, bro. Because I wanted to, I wanted to touch on who you're working with. Mainly at the moment, at the moment, man. Like yep. In terms of uh, recording, yep. recording with, and and what projects you got going on with any artists that you're allowed to speak on, and oh, there's always something going on, man. Uh, oh God, where do you start? There's a lot of people who record with me. They've all got their own things happening. Um, I had uh, Damien Illick through last night. Dimmy, um, Dimmy's, Dimmy's always got some good shit happening. Um, he really does, man. So. He's probably the, the one I've been working with the, the most in in recent times, um, and I'm I'm super excited about those sessions. They're always interesting, and we've got just fucking there's 20 unreleased tracks just sitting on my hard drive that some of them will never come out. They were written at a time that it made sense to release it. Yeah, yeah, you know, had some pretty strong COVID opinions and shit like that. Oh, word, yeah, yeah. He's a very strong opinionated dude. He he is, yeah, and he he's. He, he puts things in a, a way that's kind of entertaining. He's, he's not just a comedic spin on everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a funny bastard. Yeah, yeah. He was actually the one I had to pull up last night when he, he said a bar. I'm like, can you actually say that? <laughs> As it happened a couple of times, like, how many people, how many like minorities you're going to piss off before the end of this song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, and he was like, generally, like, I don't know, can I say that? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> beep it out if you have to. He, he's like, he had this, this line, it was like something about, dropping the Hiroshima bomb on the Japs. And I'm just like, bro, is Japs like the slur? Like, is that all right? So we actually had this full 20 minute conversation about, is this okay? Can we do it? And we actually went with the the disarm approach, keep the bar in there. But we actually had an interlude of me going, is that okay? Nice. And he's like, I don't know, is it? Yeah. I'm like, Yo, is that not a, rac a racial slur? He's like, fuck if I don't. It's like, bang it the next verse. So we, we kind of try to disarm it as, as we're going through. Yeah. Look, he, he's one of my best mates. He's great to work with. Um, while I don't record uh, Mr. Ruckman, he's got his own setup going. I've, I've always been working closely with him as well. Was, he, was Ruckman the one that you did the Jay and Silent Dino with? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go check that out, by the way. I'm not even sure if it's still up. He, he, he takes his videos up and down all the time, man. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. He's an extremely talented dude. Um, yeah, I've been fortunate to DJ for him for the last, I don't know, eight years or something. Yeah. I did like the Ocean Wisdom Tour and stuff, Atmosphere, and did all that sort of stuff with him. He's a, a, a genius and a, a great artist, so... Um, Maybe doing a surprise show with him. Nice. Maybe at Matters album launch that's coming. Oh shit! When's that? Nineteenth uh, of May. Oh shit! Hell yeah! This would definitely yeah. This would definitely be out by that point. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's not a secret show anymore. So doing that and depends yeah. on that that bill as well. So sick man. Sick, sick, sick. Yeah, there's always stuff going on, man. I I love being able to be involved in. The musical vision of whoever the fuck it is like yeah you know i don't i don't care if if you it's your first rap or you you're a veteran like it's just fun to be a part of that process and it's i love seeing community a community you know what i mean yeah bro touching on that is it different i've seen like uh nate sent me through some like artists you've worked with i see like uh, mad child mercury's yeah then you got method man ice cube and then you got like what wombat like is there a difference yeah. between australia canadian us like oh uh, man look at the end of the day you're all humans you know like backstage is always backstage it's always it's always a laugh um some artists like I guess the bigger they are, the, the further away they stay from support acts and stuff like yeah. that. So, like Ice Cube wasn't exactly out high-fiving everyone, yeah. whereas <laughs> Dub C was, for example. Um, I really I had really good things about, um, I think it was, was it with Xander you did the tech? Yeah. 
Zen had really good things to say about heck that tech. Tech Nine is a fucking gentleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him, and, and Slug from Atmosphere. I, I rate Slug as one of the best rappers to have ever touched a mic. Um, those two were just fucking lovely. Went out of their way, thanked us for being a part of oh, their show. Like, well, like complete so much. He's so humble. I've gone to every one of his shows. He's just such a humble. Yeah, so I've done all most of Complete's shows oh, really? in until the recent one where he had Uncle Sam. Yeah, I right. did most of his shows. Did I? Did I? You were there, so you would have seen it. Did I tell you what? I, you, I think you were at the Complete show as well. Where was it? The Shadow gig that I had to be with you and Smoker in Smokers out at Laundry. The most recent. Yeah, that was the gig I was right at. Was that? Was, was I there? I fucking. Yeah, was it? Was that? I'm trying to think what gig that was. Was that? That was the the Bushfire benefit. No, that was the Flood benefit. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking. I'm talking. About, this is like a year ago when I had to had to be with you in, in Smokers and stuff. Yeah, that was the Flood benefit, wasn't it? No, no, the Flood benefit was like before. COVID. You all thinking? No, that was the Bushfire benefit. Maybe it was the flood benefit. Maybe. It was the flood benefit because we flew Shadow out here for it. I think you're right. My bad. I'm, I'm absolutely no. Where's the fucking thing? This motherfucker. The show. The show I'm talking about though is is the ah oh, shit. Fucking what? Oh, the complete. Because yeah, you, you said that complete come out and 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 was being humble and real nice and everything and shit. Bro, I got a fucking hilarious story to tell about that. We got we got we got about ten fifteen minutes left. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, bro, like. It was a complete show, right? And we're playing it with um, Gypsy. I was playing with him. Yep. I mean, he was opening it and shit. Um... You can't burn. Other than that, 20 minutes. Oh, no. Let's do like three minutes. But no, yeah. So we're doing doing the show with him. Um, and oh, bro. I'd, I've been a fan of complete for a long time, bro. Yeah, he's all right. Amazed. And I, so I was really keen to meet the dude, bro. Like, I was really keen to meet him. Do you know what story I'm going? Oh, and oh, I can say this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting in smokers, and Nate comes in a bit late. He's like, oh, my God, that's complete. I'm like, I'm, I'm, that's not complete. What are you talking about? <laughs> and we're in smokers. It was some bloke, and it was just, yeah. And it was just, we didn't even, I can't even look up. Bro, I walked right up to him. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I could notice him even. It's worse than that, bro, because I walked up to him. I'm like, that's complete. Come say hello with me. Come say hello. He's like, bro, I'm pretty sure that's not complete. I'm like, no, no, it is, it is. He's wearing the complete shit, and it looks like it had to be his old man or something, bro. It looks like <laughs> complete, and he was wearing, and he was with a bunch of people with complete merch on and shit. And the public doors hadn't opened yet, so I'm like, "That's, that's complete. complete. That's complete." I walked up to him like, "Complete, big fan, man, massive fan, bro, bro." Like an hour later, I see these two dudes standing next to it, complete, and the dude that I dabbed up standing next to each other. I'm like, "Oh no!" But the guy went along with it. The motherfucker went along with it, bro. He's like, "Thank you, bro. I appreciate you." I'm like, well, "You're not even complete. Why did?" You Bro, I, I'm going to couple of stories on, on that exact line. Yeah. When we were touring a lot with Buck, um, yeah. being an African-American, we, we had a show lined up with De La Soul. Yeah. They hadn't rocked up yet, so he just walked around going, yeah, I'm from De La Soul. Where, where's, me, where's my free food? Where's this, where's that? <laughs> and, yeah. and this dude comes up to us, and they're like thinking that he was from De La Soul. He comes up to me, he goes, how do you like Australia, mate? Like, are you enjoying it so far? I'm like, yeah, it's all right, mate. Like, don't mind it. <laughs> And he's just kind of like, didn't even switch that I've just sounded the most bogus <laughs> he's ever encountered in his life. He's like, oh yeah, sick bro. And he's kind of walked off. And I had a similar thing just recently, did a did a tour with Onyx and I was DJing for Onyx each night. And um, I wasn't supposed to be, they were supposed to have uh, DJ Legal from the Snow Goats. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, whatever it was, he couldn't couldn't make it out. And I did a couple of shows in Melbourne, then a show in, in Adelaide with Onyx. And... Um, at the end of the Adelaide show, this this dude's off his head, and he's like, "All these people just stand around. None of them even know who you are, mate." And I'm like, "No, nah, probably not, man." <laughs> Thinking that like they don't know. I'm like, "Why? Why the fuck would they?" Mate? Like, he goes, "No, I don't even know who you." And he's like, "Snow Goods represent," and I'm like, "Holy fuck! This cunt thinks I'm I'm like DJ Legal," and I didn't I didn't want to get in a conversation about it. It's, yeah. It was just uh-huh. I I didn't want to like. Ruin his night. Yeah, yeah. It was like a butter bro. <laughs> I didn't want him to go home and be like, I made a fucking... I didn't want him to feel like you feel right now. Yeah, man. Like, that's why I made a ticket of myself with a complete. Well, he's not. He, he's walking around going, oh, I met DJ Legal. I would I would go around being, oh, I met complete, but I fucking saw them standing next to each other. He didn't even ruin it for me. He went along with it. He's like, bro, thank you. I appreciate you. This, that. I was about to leave. I was like, okay, so how do you bro? He's like, bro, it's not complete. It's not complete, bro. And I was like, no, I'll just make complete, lad. You don't even know. He probably does this every show, bro. Just <laughs> knocks off. All complete, get sent. Just drinks the autograph. All complete, birds. Get the boys around. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate you, like, dog. That's an old man or some kind of relative, bro. Because it looked exactly fucking like him. Like, you can vouch me on that at least, bro. Like, once I saw them side, <laughs> once I saw them, once I saw them side by side, bro. 
I was like, okay, there's nothing alike. Yeah. You know what? There's a, like, I threw the glance without complete. There, I'm like, no, you're complete. You're complete. Yeah. How much for a feature, bro? Like, it's, you know, what I mean? like, yeah. He's a lovely dude, though, complete. I've had him in this in studio in the past. We yeah, um, yeah, yeah. recorded some stuff in my joint with him. Um, yeah, just a really nice dude. We actually did uh, two of the Mercury's tours with, with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Merc's a lovely dude as well. So, yeah. Fire, 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 bro. Oh, him, him, Mad Child, you know, I love my. We listened to them for years, you know. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Mad Child song, Liam? Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably the the one that Mad Child featured on on my album, probably. Which which one? Oh, I can I don't even know the name of your own fucking tracks, mate. But it's featuring Mad Child. I don't even know the one I've got. It's 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 track one. It's got Luke Bix. It's got Jack Wall. It's got Mad Child. Bro, imagine imagine Michael Jackson made the Thriller album, and you're like, which album? You're like, I actually remember it at this fucking point. <laughs> the thing is, like, the, the name is like the last step in the process. That's so. True. It's like it's been called uh, New Beat. It's not so shit. Draft sixty five A three one two four nine for the last ten years. And then someone's like, we've got a name. It's like, that is its name. Yeah. Bro, even, even like your beats on your SoundCloud. I, like, I've seen some of them titled like Feb 18th, 2017. Like, I've got it. I, I, it's the only way I can find that project. <laughs> so if someone goes, oh, I want that instrumental, there's like 450 on the SoundCloud. Yeah. And they go, oh, February 18 guitars. Yeah. Then I've got to go back and look for February 18 guitars. Uh, and you know what else it does? Saving in your calendar type of thing. Type of yeah, basically. Yeah, but yeah. you know what else it does, man? It means that I don't make too many guitar-driven beats in February 2018, ah. which is actually really fucking good. Yeah. So if, if I know I'm on, you know, January 23, piano's number three, it's probably time I put the fucking piano down and <laughs> picked up the kazoo or the xylophone or the, <laughs> yeah, set the bagpipes or some shit. <laughs> no, because I can literally put you walking into your studio, bro. It's a bagpipes. <laughs> You know, Irish kill. I'm here for it. What's going on now? <laughs> I'm here for it. You know, there's nothing under the kilt either. And that's just the kilt. No, full breeze. All yeah. 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 Freedom. Goose reveal. <laughs> Let's come back. You're not in this fucking trophy for no reason. <laughs> 100%. Is there, is there anything else that, that we need to touch on? I think we got any time. How much time we got left? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we might have to end it, end it here if that's all right, bro. No, bro, it's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, no, bro, thank you so much. Any time, bro. Any time. I'll get you on so early, so early in the start of the podcast as well, bro. And that's appreciate you. Appreciate you all. Bro, so. It's also been an honor, bro. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry for much, man. Legend, make legend, bro. Thank you all. Uh, yeah, so I want to start that again. I just need to do an outro. Give you a second. Thank you guys so much for watching Culture Show. Episode four, I think we're up yeah. to now. Yeah. Four. Episode books. four. Shout out, Deno. Um... Fuck, I fucked up the intro, bro. I did, I give you one more time to do this. Give me one more time to do this. I feel like fucking yeah, with the content. percent. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching episode four of The Culture Show. It has been your boy, Nate Six. Liam, LB, LB or Liam. Fuck, everyone could give a Nate. Call me Liam, bro. Whatever. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Brendan, I'm so sorry you could deal with this, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching The Culture Show. It's been Nate Six. It's been Liam. It's been Donnie Green. It's been Deno. We will see you next time. Thank you, fam. Peace. Peace. Perfect. Eva, thanks for okay. up. Oh, oh, oh shield. So now we can wear. Oh, man. It's so long as fucking. Okay, that's waiting in this gorgeous hill. I'm sleeping. Bro, I've done. That's a killer podcast, man. Thank you so much. I'm taking a meal.